and welcome to the Unveiled Podcast, where we discuss all things related to women to help us think Christianly in every area of life. My name is Sandy, and I'm here with Susie, and we both have a passion to bring biblical reform to womanhood and all of life, really. Susie's area of ministry is biblical counseling, theology, and ministry to women, and I am an educator and a musician. We've been friends, and we have served together for over 20 years. And we have some exciting news. The Unveiled podcast is available now on our new app called Beachhead Media. And we're actually recording, I believe this is like the headquarters. <laughs> it's really our media room in our church, but I think this is the headquarters for Beachhead Media. Um, you'll find our podcast there along with some other solid, biblically sound Canadian voices. And I love this morning at our Bible study, our friend Lindsay um, posted a definition of beachhead. She looked it up and it says, a secure position that has been gained in adverse territory and that can be used for further advancement, a foothold. And I just thought that is just a a perfect lead-in to our podcast today. This is part three of our Spiritually Strong series. And we've discussed spiritual deception and true faith and how to endure and how to stand strong during spiritual attack. And today we're going to dig into something that I know that I've faced, and I'm sure many of our listeners who've been following the Lord for any amount of time have also experienced, and that's spiritual weariness. Christians often feel like there's so much work to be done that we can't possibly do it all. It can feel very overwhelming when we look at the culture around us, and as we try to align with God's Word and live in live a life that's pleasing to Him, It can seem like we're surrounded by opposition everywhere we turn. And one of my favorite verses is Galatians 6, 9. And it says, um, let us not grow weary in doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. But how do we not grow weary while doing good? Yeah, good question, uh, Sandy, and one that I think we probably all wrestle with, because to some extent we can be... Uh, very judgmental. And we can be judgmental both on ourselves and on other people thinking like, why would you be spiritually weary if you're doing the right things? If you're uh, following all the right patterns and you're living within your call, then you have no right to be spiritually weary. And we can say, say that or think that to ourselves and to others. And yet, the reality is we will be weary at times. And we know that's a reality because God's word addresses the concept of being weary, right? In Isaiah, we hear about how um, even youths will grow tired and weary, Mm. but those who, you know, run to the Lord will renew their strength. And Jesus himself said, come to me all who are weary and I will give you rest. And the verse you just talked about. So the reality is there will be times in our Christian life when we feel weary. And so, yeah, what do we do about that? And we see here in Galatians 6, 9 that, we won't grow weary, um, or when we do grow weary, we are not to give up. Mm. And I think uh, thinking through several different things, and one of those things would be, like, why am I weary right now? There is a difference between being physically weary and being spiritually weary. And certainly they can be connected as well, right? Spiritual weariness will definitely impact our physical weariness and vice Mm. versa. But um, when we have served the Lord, and I know for yourself, Sandy, you serve hard on Sunday mornings when you're on the worship team, you're here early, plus you've been preparing throughout the week. And I'm sure by the time you get home on a Sunday afternoon after being on the worship team, you're exhausted. 
but it's a good thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. You've poured yourself out. And even your voice, actually, I was just chatting with my, um, messaging my son this week. He'd had a conference that he was at, and he also was a worship leader. So he had been singing all weekend plus Sunday morning. And so when I messaged him on Monday, he was drinking tea to Mm -hmm. try and soothe and help his voice recover, right? So there's a reality um, to this. But our physical rest, what we need to do about that, looks a little bit differently than our weary uh, spiritual rest. Mm. Um, But I do think uh, it is important to always be intentional about our physical rest. And in all honesty, I think trying to rest one in seven is a good pattern, right? When we look at creation, God created the world in six days and on the seventh day he rested. I think that's a good pattern for us to follow. And if it doesn't specifically look for you that you are resting on one full day, can you try to implement that same amount of time throughout the week? Maybe it ends up being a couple evenings and one morning or whatever it might be. But we should make sure we are regularly resting. And that's that's just good maintenance mm-hmm. for our physical and our mental well-being, right? And then I think also after a very busy season, I think some things that we can do is make sure that we're resting physically, but also celebrating the good things, right? Mm-hmm. So after a conference or a busy weekend, what are we going to do? Are we going to talk about, oh, that was so tiring, so exhausting, you know, I was gone all weekend? Or are you going to celebrate the good things that God has done? Mm-hmm. Or even with our ministry, sometimes we'll have, um, we'll celebrate after a, a big conference by putting out a recap video or posting some pictures, because those are just good ways to celebrate the things that God has done. And then make sure you're refreshing, right? And just refuel yourself. Spend time in God's presence and let his word, his spirit fill you again. So important. Mm -hmm. I think our mindset is huge as well. And in fact, I was just chatting with um, a young adult this Sunday morning, actually. And she had been in Toronto Sunday morning. And I was chatting with her after church Sunday morning. Or it would have been noon. Yeah. And I thought, wow, like, I'm impressed. That was early for you to get up, right? Especially for a young adult. It's a long up, drive. Yeah. yeah, it yeah. Was, it's four hours away. Yep. And she says, you know, it has a lot to do with my mind, right? Like, I was prepared for it. My dad had said, we are getting up early and going to church on Sunday morning in Windsor. And so I knew I had to get up at 6 a.m. And so I was prepared for it. Mm. And I just thought, wow, like, that's, that's a great insight for mm-hmm. her to have, right? Because... Um, she acknowledged if her dad would have just come in at six o'clock in the morning and hadn't warned her about it. It's like, get up, get ready to go. It might've been a little bit harder. And certainly there are times when that's going to happen. Unexpected things will be, will happen and we want to be prepared for that. But if possible, preparing ourselves for busy seasons or difficult seasons, um, will help us to have a better mindset, be stronger spiritually when that time comes Mm. and more Mm -hmm. prepared for it and have a better attitude for it. And part of that is just being in the word regularly and um, maintaining that spiritual strength so that when the unexpected or the surprises come, you're already prepared. You just didn't know it, right? Yeah. Hmm. Um, Along with mindset, I think uh, just remembering, it's such a common phrase, but you become what you think, right? Like if we feel our minds with 
discouragement or doubt or fear or exhausting thoughts or negative thoughts, stinking thinking, our life is going to represent that. But if we fill our mind with holy thoughts of God, with his strength, with his dependence on him, our lives are going to look different, right? Mm -hmm. So pay close attention to what you are thinking. Uh, Also, just the idea of keeping your eye on the end goal, right? Like what's happening right now is not the end goal. The end goal is God's glory and building his kingdom and making disciples. And that should keep us going. And uh, another thing is, I think, staying close to like-minded people, people who will motivate you in the Lord, who will encourage you in the Lord, who will model Christ to you and pray for you. So important, because if we surround ourselves with people with stinking thinking, they're going to rub off on us, right? So um, yeah, we, we, we do want to minister to people who are in a low place, but also making sure we're connected with people who are going to encourage us spiritually, I think is very, very valuable uh, and helps us when we begin to feel weary. Mm. That's so good. Just when you were saying keep your eye on the end goal, of just that picture of um, of Jesus on the water, mm. right? And you take your eyes off and you start sinking. And yeah, when you start looking around at the world and mm. despair, right? You can sink so quickly into that. But yeah, thank you for that. And I think this podcast is so well-timed. We're in a season right now, beginning of February, time of ministry, time of the year that's full swing and without a break really anytime soon. So how can we be filled in these, I'm not going to use the word busy because I have been convicted about that, but full seasons, how can we be filled to be poured out again? Yeah, I think that's great. Um, I've been thinking about this myself. I am leading into uh, a season where there's some significant ministries happening and that can cause a little bit of stress, right? Like that, just that you want to do it with excellence. You want Mm -hmm. to spend enough time preparing and uh, just making sure that things are well organized and everybody knows their part, their role to play. And so there's lots lots to think about. But I was uh, a little bit pumped up by just some of my study in the book of Jeremiah this week. And uh, our women's ministry is is diving into the book of Jeremiah. So I'm doing this both on my own throughout the week, but also collectively when mm-hmm. we gather together, right? Yeah. And, and both of those things have really encouraged me. One of the things that I really took away from my own personal study was looking at Jeremiah 1, and in verse 5, God talks about how he has formed Jeremiah, and um, he's giving him his call. Mm. And that word form is the same as later on in Jeremiah one eighteen, where he says, I will make you a fortified city. So that word formed, when Jeremiah was first created, and that word made, when he is telling him that he's going to fortify him in his calling are actually the same Hebrew word. And I thought that was amazing. My um, my uh, one study guide talked about how Jeremiah's calling and his strengthening were directly connected. And I thought, well, mm-hmm. you know what? That was a specific call on Jeremiah's life, but each one of us also has a calling. Mm-hmm. And for some of us, that calling is, is not as public and it's maybe not as well known. Mm-hmm. It might seem more personal, but each of us has a calling. If we are children of God, we are all called to go and make disciples and to bring glory to God. And that means that 
whatever I am called to, God will also strengthen me. And so your calling and your strengthening are directly connected. Uh, That's amazing. And so we can think about our own personal calling. And uh, for some women, they have been called to adopt children. And if God has given you that calling to adopt a child, God will give you the strength for that. For some women, they have been called to being single. And if God has called you to be single, then God will allow you to be strengthened in that and to to have the strength to fill fulfill your calling for his glory and to continue making disciples. Some women have been called to be barren and as heartbreaking and as sad as that is and certainly there's a time to grieve that if that is what God has called you to he will also give you the strength to continue to be a disciple maker and to bring glory to his name and even in my own life I think you know sometimes it's hard being a pastor's wife Mm -hmm. and Sometimes it seems too much or there's there's challenges that I have. Uh, just recently, in all honesty, I was thinking, you know what? Sometimes it's just really hard being married to a guy that's hated so much. Oh. And oh. as much as he's also very dearly yeah. loved by yeah. our church family, there's a lot of people that hate him. Yeah. And obviously that takes a toll on him at times. And it takes a toll on me. Mm. And it's hard. But God has evidently called me to be the wife of a pastor and a bold and courageous pastor, and I am thankful for him. And so even though there's times and there's seasons and there's challenges to that calling, God will give me the strength to do that. Mm -hmm. And I think just recognizing that our calling is directly related to the strengthening that God will give us should encourage us, Mm -hmm. right? And and just... Mm -hmm realign us to and motivate us to keep on going so with that though i also wanted to say that we we also have a responsibility we don't just sit back and say okay god strengthen me no what are we going to do about it right so we also have to be obedient we have to be willing and courageous to do what god has called us to do and part of that is making sure that we are regularly filling our soul with the word and with worship and with prayer and with fellowship also, just practically learning to prioritize the urgent. In biblical counseling, we have uh, what we call the SOS factor, and we we categorize our, our counseling um, by thinking about the severity of it, the ownership that person has, and the support that they have. And um, and then we have to prioritize what's the most urgent thing. Which counseling session am I going to spend the most time or prioritize most quickly? due to the urgency of it, of that. But we can do that in all of life, right? Like sometimes we spend too much time on the less urgent and forget the things that, or just uh, maybe postpone the things that are actually most urgent. Uh, and then that stresses us out and causes weariness. And then along with that, then we have to be willing to cut out or at least delay the less important things. Mm-hmm. Um And then once again, we talk about this a lot, but just being a steward and being responsible over the different categories of life that God has entrusted to you and remembering that none of us are owners. We are stewards and let's just steward what God has given us and properly care for that. Um, At the same time, another practical thing, I, I think it's so valuable to make sure that we aren't neglecting our relationships. 
we have to remember that we are more than robots and we have been designed to be in fellowship with God and with other people. And my husband and I have chatted about this, how if uh, we have a day in the office where we're just on screens all day, maybe we're just studying and sending messages and, and that's all we're doing. Like, I shouldn't say that's all we're doing. It's significant and it's part mm-hmm. of what we oh, have yeah. to do. Like a lot of preparation goes into being able to speak or teach or just lead. But if we haven't had a day where we're stopping to just spend time with people or have face-to-face conversations, those days are actually a lot more exhausting. Mm-hmm. It's it's more fulfilling if you at least try to break up your day with some relationships. And I just think that's a valuable reminder that we can get so robotic and uh, maybe just become bookworms or so isolated mm-hmm. or obsessed and focused on doing things and getting things done that we forget that we are also relational beings. Mm-hmm. So even in times of... Um, or seasons of busyness, let's remember to take time out and definitely spend time with the Lord, but also real people face-to-face. Yeah, that's yeah. great. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm thinking of uh, some women who are going through some difficult things right now with young kids or maybe aging parents, marriage problems or financial difficulties. How can we keep our eyes fixed on Jesus and remain satisfied and spiritually fulfilled when these these problems are are happening in our lives? Mm-hmm. Well, I think one of the first things we have to do is make sure that we aren't part of the problem. And if we are part of the problem, to figure out how to fix that, mm-hmm. right? Like sometimes we're uh, weary because we have a difficult marriage and maybe it's because our husband isn't a believer or he's not leading us or providing for us as Christ has called him to, but maybe it's our own fault or Mm -hmm. at least a big part of it is our own fault or even a little part of that is our own fault. Um, Are we being the wife that God has called us to? And if not, let's start by actually fixing that. Or maybe um, we have strained finances and finances are always a stress for us. Well, first of all, are we working hard to provide financially? Are we stewarding our finances or are we actually spending money recklessly? Do we have a budget? Mm -hmm. So those are all things that sometimes things are within our control and we should be willing to fix that and take the necessary steps that we can instead of just blaming it on other people or just giving up and feeling hopeless and thinking, well, God just needs to fix this for me. No, uh, we're also called to be obedient and to to do what's right and we're mm. responsible, right? But there are times, absolutely, when things are out of our control and we're we're tired and we're exhausted, and maybe it's it's a child with having a child with disabilities, or it's a having a, a family member who is sick, or even parents who are deteriorating in their health, or just persecution, right? Like the Christian life, there will be times when we are are persecuted, and that is and can be very exhausting and discouraging. And it can put us in a position of of wanting to fall into despair or to give up. And that's when, on top of some of the things that we've already said, uh, one of the things that I've been thinking about more is lamenting. And we're probably all familiar with the lament psalms, and we see the psalmist doing that. But really understanding how to do that in our own lives, I think, is very valuable. Um, sometimes we just want to run to other people to fix our problem or to give us a listening ear. And hey, having a listening ear is a good thing. Mm -hmm. Um, But sometimes things can't be fixed. 
And sometimes people aren't available, but we always have a God who listens and who is um, our great provider, who is sovereign over everything. And we should really be first and ready to run to him. So lament is uh, an expression of deep emotions, deep emotions of the heart uh, from our own personal lives towards a holy God. And it can include grief, it can include sorrow, sorrow of all kinds. And in all honesty, it it can include repentance. And sometimes we need to remember lament over our, our own sin and repent to the Lord. And, uh, and you know, uh, like I said, our sorrow can be a variety of different things. It can be feeling betrayed or just sad or helpless or feeling struck down or spiritually dry. And those are all times when we should run to the Lord. And we we need to learn to lament. Why? Because because. First of all, everyone will have painful times in life, even the godly people, right? Um, and just being able to understand and process our emotions. As women, we are emotional beings, and we want to learn to process those biblically and in a, in a manner that is both authentic but also controlled, right? And we have to recognize that our emotions have been impacted by sin. Our emotions are related to what we believe. And so we want to align our beliefs with the Lord. And sometimes we might run to the Lord and lament and initially our our beliefs or our thoughts are actually not right. But as we run to the Lord and allow his truth, his character, his promises to transform us, uh, all of a sudden our beliefs are also realigned with him and that will actually impact our emotions as well. And uh, just remembering that we are not victims. Um, God has, God is in control and he is working all things out for the good of those that love him. And we have to trust him with that. And I think that's, that's very important to learn to trust him. Um, I think lament gives us an opportunity to ask some of those tough questions, right? Like why or how long, Lord? Mm. And then lament also stabilizes us by by remembering who God is. So it takes the, the the focus off of our unstable lives and onto a stable God. Mm. And it also humbles us. It humbles us to have to admit that we have to depend on someone bigger, someone other than ourselves. And um, it also gives us an opportunity to um, just really give voice to our concerns. And that's important too, right? And then it gives us the the courage to ask God very specifically and very boldly for things. It restores a broken relationship with God if if that's what's happened. And then of course it always should finish with a renewed hope. Uh, so I like to use the acrostic turn and um and that's how we lament, right? We learn to lament by first turning to God. That means we let go of control and turn to the one who providentially cares for his people. And and then uh, we uh, utter our complaint. So first is T for turning to God, and then it's you utter your complaint. 
give voice to what you're feeling, like verbalize it, put it into words, and God welcomes that. And next is R, request boldly and specifically. And of course, our requests should be made in accordance with God's character and his promises. Uh, And then we can ask very boldly and specifically, and it might not mean we're asking to be healed of our disease, It could be, Lord, give me the courage and the strength to face my disease Mm -hmm. or my loss or my suffering of any kind. Mm -hmm. And then uh, the end is for a new trust in God. And that means that once we have turned to him and uttered our complaint and made our requests, we, we should choose and we will have a better ability to trust in God and who he is and what he's done, what he's promised. And, um, and what he's commanded, and then to actually do it and to follow through on it. Uh, trust should result in a new and um, a new way of worshiping God and trusting in him and just believing that no matter what happens, he is good. And so, yeah, I think learning to lament is is a way that we can renew our, our strength, renew our, our weary souls, uh, because we're able to share openly and honestly, but then also choose to trust in a God who knows and who is able to help us. Hmm. I'm so glad you brought lament into this because it is such a gift from God's word that we can use because, you know, all all humans feel sadness, but really only true believers can can truly lament and and bring it back to God. And it's beautiful. It's a beautiful gift. Um, Susie, what would you say to the listeners who are feeling disconnected with other believers who are just not seeing God's goodness. They're struggling to grow spiritually. They know what they should be doing, but they're having a difficult time. They've just grown weary. Right. I think that's where I think it's good to start by trying to determine why you are feeling weary. And in in biblical counseling, we call that the present. Um, we, we talk about the presenting problem. And many times the presenting problem is not actually the root of the problem, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Um, uh, A woman can come to counseling saying that she is feeling depressed. Well, depression is the the root of of something deeper. And so let's get to the bottom of that. We're not just trying to fix her depression. If we just uh, give her a to-do list on, you know, get out of bed every day and start doing, you know, your your housework or go to work every day and just think happy thoughts. Well, maybe there's a part of that, but but there's a reason for most people why they're feeling depressed. It could be a physical problem. Maybe she's low in nutrients or maybe she's, um, you know, got a, a true physical uh, reason why that she's feeling depression. And so then she would need to go and get that physical problem dealt with. But it could be that she's living in sin. It could be that she's has trauma from her childhood that she's never mm-hmm. dealt with. It could mm-hmm. be uh, unforgiveness in her heart. It could be disappointment. So let's determine what the reason for her depression actually is. Or if you are weary, determine why it is. It may not just be because uh, you've had a busy weekend there's probably a layer of things Mm -hmm. leading up to the fact that you are so busy and so uh, weary. And maybe your busyness is due to the fact that you're a people pleaser and you're trying to do it all and you can never say no. And it's because ultimately you are trying to um, 
play the role of God instead of trusting mm. God to take care of things, right? So getting to the root of it. Now, I do understand that sometimes that can be hard to do on your own. And so go get some spiritual care. Talk to a biblical counselor who can help you process what the root of your weariness is. Or maybe it means just going to a, a, a good friend who is, is wise and discerning and help her determine with you, like, is it disappointment? Is there grief? Have you lost something significant in your life or someone significant? Are you enduring chronic pain? Are you lonely? Is there trauma from your past? Do you spend too much time on screens and not, not enough FaceTime? Is there bitterness? Is there a sin? Right? There's so many reasons for our weariness. And sometimes having an outside perspective actually helps us get to the bottom of that, mm. right? And mm. and then we can make a plan on how to get out of it. Uh, so other than that, I think also just getting into a routine, I think that helps. That helps us to bring order to our chaos. Uh, it forces us to stop blaming it on other people, stop making excuses and um, just complaining about it, but actually say, no, okay, like I need to have a plan. I need to schedule my day. I need to have certain days where I'm resting, certain days where I'm working. I have to spend enough time with my family, my friends, my husband, whatever it might be. Get into a routine. That will be helpful. Obviously, we have to be flexible with that. We can't become, you know, rigid, Mm -hmm. but having at least an outline of a routine will be helpful. And with that routine, you want to be setting aside a specific time to read and to pray, making sure that we're not neglecting our gathering together with God's people. And that includes Sunday morning worship, small group and serving. So many times when people get spiritually weary, they do the very worst thing and that's they isolate themselves. Mm -hmm. They stop going to church. Yep. And they think, well, I, I, I just need to remove some things from my life. Well, stopping to gather with God's people and worshiping is not what you need to remove. Right. Yes. Um, and then, um, yeah, I I think those are just a few things that we, we can do. So don't neglect to gather together and set a routine and then also uh, renew your mind in truth. Mm. Stinking thinking is absolutely exhausting. Mm-hmm. And so if you are, you know, ha- like just mulling over, over and over again, all the, the, the difficult things in your life and the people who have offended you and who have betrayed you and how hard it is and how you're being so unappreciated Mm. or whatever it might be that's running through your mind you are going to be exhausted stinking thinking is absolutely exhausting so renew your mind in the truth (laughs) and that will really help Uh, that's good actually there was a woman um i was speaking to today and we just are as Susie said, we're just starting our, our study in Jeremiah, and she was looking at Jeremiah and just just overwhelmed. It's, you know, it's too much. It's a lot of wrath. It's, uh, I can't see any good in this. And she was discouraged to the point where she didn't do the study, and she actually didn't even want to come today. And she came anyway, and she was, she was encouraged, and she was blessed, and she, you know, she showed up, right? Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's just you show up. Mm-hmm. So, Yeah. Yeah, that was, was an encouragement to me. So do you think, Susie, that sometimes God has a reason for allowing us to go through these dry seasons? Maybe he allows it and even he wills it for us. Well, first of all, our weariness reminds us of our humanity, that we mm-hmm. are limited beings and we can't do it all. We can't be everywhere at the same time. And, you know... It just reminds us that we need to depend on the Lord and trust in Him and 
uh, make sure that we're willing to admit, hey, uh, I am not God, but I know a God who is, and mm-hmm. he will sustain us, and he mm-hmm. will take care of things when I'm not able to. But other than that, certainly uh, I think times of spiritual dryness can be reason for redemption and and to be restored. Sometimes we're spiritually dry because of personal sin, and God's not going to allow us to be vibrant and energetic and um, fruitful when there's personal sin in our lives. So Mm -hmm. that could be a reason. Mm -hmm. It could be national sin, right? And we think about, once again, the prophet Jeremiah. He's called the weeping prophet. Mm -hmm. He he went through some very difficult times and it wasn't his personal sin. It was the sin of the nation. Right. And I think we see that in some of our leaders, even now when, when we see the rampant sin in our nation, uh, so many things, um, our, our country is promoting and even Christians are jumping on the bandwagon with homosexuality and all the gender stuff and abortion and Mm. so many things. Right. So we need, and love is love, right? Mm -hmm. Christians are so deceived. And so there is a weariness of being aware of all that, yeah. right? Um, and and yeah, when we are, are dry, then he's the one that can fill us. And so sometimes it's good to experience that dryness because then it reminds us we're not filling ourselves, we're being filled by him. Mm. And um, dryness can increase our, our desire for him and our satisfaction for him, right? Because when we've kind of gotten dry and and weary and alone, we suddenly realize what we're missing compared to the times when we're vibrant and when we're being filled regularly by his word and with his people and with worship and his spirit. Like, it's like, oh, I don't like this life. I Mm -hmm. I want more of him. It causes us to run back to him. Mm -hmm. And then when we feel uh, dissatisfied with the world, it reminds us of how good he is, right? Mm -hmm. Because there's times when, as believers, we long for some of the things that are in the world. That's why sin is so tempting, right? And it can be uh, thinking we're going to get satisfied with a bunch of material possessions or with personal status or or money or relationships, whatever it is. And then we realize, no, those things can't actually satisfy us. Mm-hmm. And we're reminded that it's him. He's the mm-hmm. one that fills us and satisfies us. Um and so I think, yeah, just recognizing and remembering that our times of spiritual dryness are actually meant to draw us closer to him. And then when we do, when we run back to him, when we uh, begin to worship again and, and, and stay in his word and pray, it reminds us of how sweet that time with him actually is. Hmm. Reminds me of the lyric, he satisfies the weary soul. The longing soul. Yes. In him, our joy belongs. You can find that song on Beachhead Media. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah, that's called, yeah. that's the, um, all, the all the redeemed. Yes. Yep. yep. So Susie, personal question. When you have had an overwhelming day with counseling others and you're feeling spiritually drained, how, how do you cope? Yeah. Well, there's a, a few different things. And sometimes I just have to like sit back and... Um, you know, just soak it all in and, and just try to rest my mind from all the things I'm thinking about. But I, I have learned to lament to God and um, to just turn to him and mm. to utter my cries and to make bold and specific requests and then renew my trust in him. Mm-hmm. Listening to worship music is so encouraging and so filling. And 
I've said this before, but I love riding my bike. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I haven't been riding my bike lately. I, I do that in the summertime. Soon. So I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. Actually, there was one time I'm like, oh, man, I just really need to ride my bike. Oh. It, I just it, <laughs> it does renew me and refresh yeah. me. Yeah. And then sometimes it's just as simple as finding someone to have a good belly laugh with. And my youngest daughter is actually re- usually good for a, a good laugh. Um with me so <laughs> having someone to laugh with somebody who doesn't need to learn to laugh yeah. laughter is good medicine it, it really is. is yeah and another thing i did this year was registered for our um a counseling conference i've uh, been a certified biblical counselor with acbc uh for quite a long time now and i've never gone to one of their conferences but counseling has just increased in our church and sometimes it's kind of heavy and i'm like there's there's a lot of things going on and mm. of course those are the kind of things I can't just go and talk to people about because right. they're not my my problem there are things that people have entrusted with to me and they're trusting me to be careful with what I say and to whom I say it so I can't just go talk to people about it uh, so I decided to register for a counseling conference because I'm like I need to connect with other yeah. biblical counselors and just be filled by their you know like-mindedness mm-hmm. and um you know, be encouraged and, and um, filled up by other people speaking right. truth yeah. and uh, maybe very passionately about some of the things that I'm passionate about, yes. but just hearing it from somebody else, right? Yes. Yep. Uh, so that's that's what I've done. Okay. Yeah. That's great. Um, I do have a question about leaders. So how do we help our leaders to not experience complete burnout what would you say is the best way for leaders to find relationships when they feel they can't confide their struggles with their peers? Yeah, I get this. I think one of the things as a leader, I want to be aware and in tune with the people who are who I'm leading and be more and more alert to when they may be heading in that direction. Mm-hmm. But there's going to be times when you're your leaders miss that. And so I just encourage you, if you are a leader, you still need to go to that leader that is over you. There's always somebody that that you can talk to, right? And, and it's very important to do that. Uh, I got it. Like we have to be very careful as leaders who we talk to. And we have to be discerning. We can't just share all of our problems um, with with everybody. But we should be sure that we find other leaders. There are leaders that are wise enough and uh, safe enough for any one of us to talk to. Let's not let our excuse be, oh, there's no one I can talk to, when maybe that's actually pride. We don't actually Mm. want to let other people Mm -hmm. know that we're hurting and struggling because we don't want people to look down on us or to lose respect for us. No, each one of us as leaders still need to talk about things that are going on in our life and, and just get encouragement or prayer or maybe a little bit of a, a challenge or conviction or, or fresh insight into our lives. So let's never think that there's no one who could understand or no one who has a right or has time or the ability to speak into our lives. Because I think if that's how we're thinking, that's actually pride. Mm-hmm. And if you really are uncertain, I encourage you, like, pray about and ask the Lord to bring someone into your life that you can share with and uh, be honest about who can encourage you and point you back to Christ. And then also recognizing it could be spiritual attack. As as leaders, we we face a lot of spiritual attack. And if that's the case, right? Call go, it. Yeah. Call it for what yeah. it is, right? Yeah. And, and 
go back and listen to our spiritual attack yeah. uh, series <laughs> from was right. that uh, our last one that, that we did um but yeah no uh be encouraged there are people who love you even as a leader and there are people who are willing and able to speak into your life and trust god to provide at least one person that will be that for you mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So in light of Galatians 6, verse 9, that says, Let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. Can you give us a final encouragement to keep keep on, to endure? Absolutely. So the the final encouragement really is found in that verse, right? Mm -hmm. For in due season we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. So that's that should be encouraging. And I just had a couple of examples. And so once again, it's back to biking, right? Um, this past summer, I had done 100 kilometers. This coming summer, I'm hoping to 100 miles. And I know that at the end, when I finish that long ride, I will feel so thankful I did. In the meantime, or throughout the summer, as I'm training and preparing this time, I'm like, oh, I don't feel like doing this today. Or, oh, my bum hurts so much, right? Like this seat is so hard. Like I can't do this. But in the end, it's just, it's just so good. In all mm-hmm. honesty, um, biking helps me to also build physical, emotional, and spiritual endurance, right? Mm-hmm. Because it goes together. Like training your body not to give up also trains your emotions not to give up your mm-hmm. spiritual life, not to give up. It really all goes hand in hand. Mm-hmm. And then I was also thinking about an example um, regarding purity, purity before marriage. And it is what a blessing to be able to face your wedding night, knowing mm-hmm. that you have kept yourself pure. And, you know, in the day to day, it can be hard for, for singles or p- people who are dating and then engaged to stay pure. But the reward is there, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, you see here this with COVID, right? Like nobody regrets not taking it. Uh, and, and so I was just kind of thinking nobody oh. gets to their wedding day and regrets not having had mm. sex before. But if if you have, there's probably lots of regret. Yeah. And mm. obviously, definitely, no matter what, if you have repented, God forgives you and you can be forgiven but that doesn't mean there's no regret or shame or disappointment that goes along with it. So there is a harvest. There is good that comes from not giving up. Mm-hmm. And then I also just wanted to um, give a little example of something that happened this past weekend. Uh, I've shared this before, too. I am part of a jail ministry that our, our women do. And in all honesty, so many times when it's my scheduled day, I... I almost wish that my my um, opportunity will be canceled, that they won't let us get in that day. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't have time for this. There's so many other things I could be doing. And yet when I go, it's just such a blessed time. And so this past Friday, I, I'll admit I had one of those days. I'm like, I don't feel like doing this. Maybe I'll just, you know, stop being on the schedule. I'm going to stop this ministry. I'll let other people take it over because there's just so many things that I'm doing. And I just don't have time for this. And then we ended up having one of our most amazing times ever. And it was just actually kind of comical and amazing and awe-striking all at the same time because our first worship song that we did, and neither of us that went in are musically inclined. We use a USB stick to uh, uh, lead our song. And the first song we sang was 
was, well, oh, it, it did not go well. It was just, <laughs> oh, no. you know, it was not the right oh, um, version. It was just kind of really, how do I describe it? Blah. And, oh, and then I taught my lesson and the girl that was actually leading the worship that day, she was hoping that we would not have time for our last song. But I finished uh, in good time. And so I said, okay, well, let's finish with, with a song. And she's like, oh, no, do we have to endure that again? Painful. It was painful, oh, no. right? And, and yet, by the end of that last song, we sang the song Battle, mm. um, Battle Belongs. One of the girls was just weeping, mm. and she's like, I don't know what overcame me. Something overcame me. Another girl's like, I had shivers. Uh, a couple of the girls were raising their hands in worship. And I just left feeling so amazed. Mm. I'm so glad that I I didn't, you know, stop yeah. being part of this ministry. Yeah. I'm so glad that I didn't say, I give up. Like, let other people do this. I don't have time for this. It's... It was just so wonderful. Mm -hmm. And you know what? Absolutely. There are times when we have to change course, and it's okay to to say, okay, I'm done with this ministry. The Lord's moving me on to another one. But many times our our discouragement or our doubts really just comes from spiritual attack or or who knows what. And if we quit too quickly, we're actually missing out on some of the best blessings in life. And so I'm going to say, along with Jeremiah 117, Dress yourself for work, arise, and say to them everything that I have commanded you. Do not be dismayed by them, lest I dismay you before them. That is what God told Jeremiah, and I think Mm. sometimes we just have to hear that for ourselves. Dress yourself for work, arise, Mm -hmm. right? And then just go and do what God has called you to do. And then the same thing in Acts 26, verse 16, very similarly, God says to Paul, but rise and stand upon your feet, for I have appeared for you for this purpose, to appoint you as a servant and witness to the things in which you have seen me and to those in which I will appear to you. And so just sometimes we just have to get up on yes. our feet and go and do exactly what God has yeah. has called us to. So uh, yeah, get up, mm-hmm. ready for work, arise, stand up on your feet. Amen. Even when we don't want to do it, yep. we still do it. That's or when awesome. we're tired, right? Yes, yep. exactly. Well, thank you, Susie. And we just pray that this is an encouragement for those who are listening who are weary. And we want to thank you for listening with us today. And we'd love to hear if the Spiritually Strong Trilogy, the trilogy, (laughs) has helped you in your faith in some way. So please like and share this podcast wherever you listen and join us again as we rebuild biblical womanhood from the foundation up.